broadcasting to the top of the Twin Towers of Liberty One in Center City, Philadelphia, to the skyline of America's playground, Atlantic City. This is WNJC, 1360 Washington Township, New Jersey. Welcome to Worldwide Country Radio, WWCR, coming to you live from country music's capital of the world, Nashville, Tennessee. This is Ron Letterman, and we're pleased to bring you each and every week at this time, Legends Never Die with Billy James. And now, here he is, Billy James. Teardrop falls 
si te quiere de verdad y te da felicidad te deseo lo más bueno para los dos pero si te hace llorar a mí me puedes hablar y estaré contigo cuando triste estás a be there anytime you need me by your side to drive away Every teardrop that you cry And if he ever leaves you blue Just remember I love you And I'll be there Before the next teardrop falls And I'll be there Before the next Teardrop fall. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Freddie Fender, Mr. Tex-Mex himself, and he is on the line. Freddie, I'd like to say hello to you once again. Welcome to Philadelphia, and how are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine, Billy. Doing fine. Thank you. And uh, that song that we just played, Before the Next Teardrop Falls, uh, I have some information here that says initially you did not want to record that song. Would you would you elaborate on that? Well, you know, uh, at that time I was really very much into rock and roll. Uh, you know, I was from rock and roll in the 50s. Uh, I was, uh, as a matter of fact, I was the, the first uh, uh, Latino uh, uh, rock and roll uh, recording artist in the 50s and the, the, with uh, records going into Mexico and everything about a year before... Uh, before uh, that guy, uh, Richie Valen. So uh, the fact the fact is that uh, when they uh, when they brought in the tape of this, it was a girl doing a demo on this song. I said, I'm I'm not going to do no country music. You know, I'm a rocker. And uh, my goodness, when I recorded that song and started getting all the response, I said, What in the world is happening here? And uh, Come to find out, I had just recorded a, a double platinum song. Well, Freddie, you know, I want to ask you a question about something that I think very few people know, uh, and this show is going to be archived on the Internet for everyone to hear. I know for a fact that you had a number one hit. Your very first hit was in Mexico, and that was with a song you recorded by Elvis Presley. Yeah, No Seas Cruel, or Don't Be Cruel. Don't Be Cruel, yes, sir. Yes, it was in 1957. The spring of '57, and uh, from there on, I, I just about covered most of the the, the popular uh, 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 U.S. songs. Uh, being from South Texas, born and raised in South Texas, uh, I was I've always been uh, pretty good at uh, singing in English. So uh, I had a lot. Of, I had a big advantage over the rest of the of the Mexican American kids, you know. And uh, I just I just had a way with it, and. Uh, and uh, found it so much easier to just slide in into the melodies and the and the phrasing of, uh, of of the of the Anglo songs or the U.S. U.S. American songs, and uh, so I was very fortunate in the, in that. Freddie, I'd like to ask you uh, when you first recorded that song. Did you ever expect to have a number one hit? And what went through your mind when you found out you were becoming so rapidly popular? Uh, well, you know. Uh, I I never knew that I was going to, you know, it, well, in my mind, you know, I, I've always fantasized that I was big already before I even was big. <laughs> uh, I had already been on the Ed Sullivan show in my mind a hundred times. And, uh, you know, I've always been a dreamer. And uh, but that's all it was, was just a dream. And uh, I uh, I am one of those musicians that didn't go in for the money. I, I did, never did go in for the money. I, I went in for the love of the of the music until I 
I finally got smart, you know, and uh, you know, I better start making some money here. I got to support my family. Uh, but the fact is that I, I never went in for the money. I went in for the love of the art, and not only as a singer, but as a musician, as a guitar player, bass player. And uh, I found myself with a giant monster, what they call a monster hit. You have hits, and then when you have a monster hit, uh, you have a song like Macarena, or they're just international hits. Well, that was the kind of hit that... Uh, that uh, before the next year Dove Falls was and uh, and Wasted Days and Wasted Night. They were just gigantic hits. Uh, I really don't know. Uh, I think I was I was really walking around uh, pretending that it didn't mean that much to me, and, but I was actually somewhat stunned, I think, uh, at what was happening to me. Uh, I, I was certainly not very unhappy about it. I, I was glad. Freddie, I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, and the reason I, I want to introduce him to you is because uh, he has done line dances for, uh, he's an international line dance choreographer, uh -huh. he's just did one for Janie Fricky, and I know you were in New Orleans last week, and yes, I believe- I'm going back again. You were recording, correct? Yes, I'm going to go, I'm going to go back again, yeah. Well, my friend here, Bob Preferi, I, I want him to say hello to you. He's interested in doing a line dance and putting it on the internet for you. Uh, say hello to Bob Preferi. That's really nice. Yeah, welcome to Philadelphia, Freddie. It's a real pleasure. To, nice uh, talking to you. We've been using your music on the dance floor for quite a while, and uh, we've been listening to it for a long time. We've got a lot of listeners out there very, very interested. And uh, when you're in New Orleans recording, are you... Uh, you record in the Cajun flavor. I know you've got a tremendous background in, in many types of music. What's what's the tone behind this one that you're working on now? Project. It's a project that I'm doing for uh, for uh, Bill Valenciano. Uh, he's a, a Italian American, a businessman out of L.A., and he has a, a partner in Germany. And so this is a project actually more or less at the moment directed at, uh, to, to the German market, uh, European market. It's a project of about 20 songs, and they are mainly hits from other artists. Well, Freddie, that is interesting because Bob has connections worldwide that he sends these line dances to. For uh -huh. example, he has a song I recorded, and he's got half of England dancing to it. I, I kid you not. He's got connections for dancing you wouldn't believe. The other half England doesn't listen to country music yet. <laughs> but, Freddie, you have, have had such a wonderful career. You uh, were requested by President Carter himself to sing at the White House. How did that, how did that strike you, did you did, when they called you for that event? Well, uh, I was nervous because I never sang in front of a president before. And then Rosalind Carter was right next to him, and Tip O'Neill, and all them big shots. Uh, but, you know, the humility of the artists that were with, with, with me, the simplicity of entertaining the president at the Ford Theater where Lincoln was assassinated, uh, it made me feel at home and relaxed. Uh, the fact that Bill Monroe uh, asked me for my opinion whether he should wear a hat or not. Uh, and I found out later from his band, they said, they said, Bill don't talk to just anybody. You know, he's not that friendly. But he said, <laughs> Fender, Mr. Fender, what do you think I ought to wear a hat or shouldn't I wear the hat, Mr. Fender? He was so nice to me. And uh, I, I think it was me and, Gary, and Larry Gatlin that told him, people know you with a hat on. So they expect to see your hat on you. And uh, I was with Mel Tillis and with Dolly Parton and a lot of big people there. And uh, they, they just, uh, you know, they have the, the psychic uh, aurora of, uh, of just a, a beautiful, harmonious uh, 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 relationship between the, them and the people around them. That it was, it was like more or less a happy party. And we, we, we gave some, some, a very, very good concert, and I think the president and uh, the first lady went home very happily that night. Well, you also sang at uh, President Clinton's inaugural ball, did you not? Uh, uh, Bush's also. And Bush's also. Bush, uh, Bush Sr. Uh, we got some pictures with him and all. 
uh, I went to, 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 we went with the Texas Tornadoes, I was with a group called Texas Tornadoes, uh, to play with, with Clinton, but we found out we couldn't play, we, we couldn't find him because Clinton was playing himself. <laughs> he was going from place to place with a horn, uh, the tenor sax. He plays the tenor sax. And he had so much security, it was just impossible to catch up with him. But uh, we ended up playing over there for certain parties anyway, uh, in reference to, to the inauguration. Well, I have another question that I would like to ask you. Uh, during your, your great career, you wound up making a lot of movies, especially one with Robert Redford. How did that come about? Did you become interested in movies, or did they become interested in you? Actually, Robert Redford was the director. And I, I worked with uh, with Christopher Walken in the movie Milagro Benfiloir, Melanie Griffin, I was in, and Ruben Blades. Uh, uh, let's see. There were several, several, several artists that, uh, that were in that movie. And uh, it was uh, uh, the kind of film that uh, uh, was sort of uh, modern somewhat on, uh, on a character named uh, Mondragon who had a farm in New Mexico, and some develop, land developers had some kind of a law thing against an injunction against Mondragon planning anything, and Mondragon decided to go against the tide and started planting beans, and uh, called it the, the Milagro Bean Field War. Of course, it was, you know, it was just, uh, it was like a, an odyssey, not a, a satire. It was very funny. And I have information here that you were on the uh, let's see, you've been on Johnny Cash's show, and I mean not Johnny Cash. That isn't what I meant to say. Hey Carson, <laughs> Dean Martin's Christmas special way back. How was it? How was it to work with Dean Martin? I well, it was you know the the pleasure of working with a big star uh, was just wonderful, and the fact it was a matter of fact we had the Slat the Statler brothers with us. Uh, Dean Martin ha had a, a very young daughter who was uh, beginning to sing. And the fact that I come out singing uh, uh, some uh, Christmas songs uh, and uh, Secret Love while I I got a big white horse by by the rope, and uh, I even uh, had a scene where I'm singing on top of a tree. <laughs> I was already 38 years old, and I'm, they put me on a damn tree. <laughs> and uh, so it was an experience. It, it was nice to talk to the Statler brothers. I, I still admire them tremendously. Uh, and uh, the fact that uh, that I was with Dean Martin was just uh, out of this world. Every time that I have been around a, a, gi a giant uh, artist uh, for the movie or singer uh, to the caliber of John Wayne, whom I met at the airport, and there was nobody around. It was just me and him. He was just sitting down, and, and he already done True Grit and... And Rooster, was the name of? Rooster Cogburn. Yes. So he was up in his years. And I went to him. I said, I'm Freddie Fender. I'd like to shake your hand. He stood up. I said, you don't have to stand up. He said, Mr., I stand up for everybody. And uh -huh. so, so now when they, when they come up to me, I stand up too. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie, I have an interesting question. Yeah, you gave me a little lesson on, 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 on having some kind of dignity. Uh, in, in, in when you shake hands with people, uh, to show people uh, the respect and the courtesy that uh, that they deserve. Because if it wouldn't been for that, I'd still be sitting down shaking hands with somebody. <laughs> uh, but now I get up, and I think it's a wonderful thing that I learned from from John Wayne. Well, that's a wonderful story, and I'm glad we we're documenting all this because I don't think many people know that one. But I have a good question for you. I ask it of every entertainer I bring on the show including uh, I've had uh, Donna Fargo on, Margot Smith. I had the great Cliffy Stone, who I recorded songs for, uh -huh. and I asked them all this question uh, because there's so many songwriters and people would like to write a song. Yeah. And you wrote a wonderful song. Now, what I asked everybody is this question. Does the melody come first, or does the song come first, or does it come all at once? I, it, it can come out of, uh, either way. Uh, sometimes there's three ways. Sometimes you get the, 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 the whole thing at once, both lyrics and uh, melody, or you can get just the melody or you can just get the lyrics. It depends how, how, how it hits you. Uh, 
I think that uh, more important, I found out later that more important is the melody. Because uh, the melody is not only what the, makes the song uh, go through musical-wise, but the fact is that if some guy in Germany, if, uh, if I had only written the lyrics and some guy in Germany puts German lyrics into a song that I don't have the melody, just the lyrics, I don't make a penny because he puts German lyrics in it. <laughs> okay. So you need to you need to to to, uh, to write the melody in it uh, because financially it's it's more important. Now uh, just uh, uh, you know uh, whatever comes first uh, is could be any any way you like you say you know it could be all at once or melody or or, or lyrics. Uh, the fact is that when he hits you. And it hits you with a positive feeling. That's when you have the possibility of having a hit. Uh, also, it must be something that's very simple, you know. Because I have sat down, and many composers have sat down and sweated, sweated, and sweated trying to write a song of real, you know, you're looking for the gold one. And they can't come out with nothing. And then one day they go to the restroom, and all of a sudden they get inspired. <laughs> uh, and that's when it's, you got to really uh, clean up and get up and in a hurry and go remember the lines that came up, you know. Uh, <laughs> Better write them down fast, the shower, right? The restroom, it could happen anywhere. Uh, I've written a couple of songs riding my motorcycle. I, I ride an old Harley, a 52 Harley. and uh, I, I hope you were holding on. <laughs> Get inspired. Well, you know, that's amazing. I asked that question of a, a friend of mine who I record for, Mr. Richard McGibbony. He wrote Mon Eagle Mountain for Johnny Cash, and uh -huh. he was a friend of Johnny's. And I asked him that question, and he said, Billy, he said, <clears throat> it's a gift from God. I said, he said, that's right, and don't you ever forget that. He yeah. said, that's why they're different, and that's why the melody only comes to you. That's right. So you agree? Yes, I agree. How about that? But is, uh, Freddie, I'm going to play one of your songs. Uh, let the people, which, what do we got coming up here? Yeah, Freddie had made mention about the Texas Tornadoes, so we pulled well, out yeah, one of the songs. about the Tornadoes and how that came about. Yeah, well, and, and during the course of your career, uh, and you formed this group, and uh, a lot of good music's coming out. Again, we're using a lot of that on the dance floor. You want to tell the people about the Texas And we play them on the radio here in Philadelphia. And they're always and, wondering who this is. And the reason he's bringing it up, Freddie, is because the Internet is such a wonderful tool. Yes. This show will be archived on the station site, and you're going to get many visitors from around the world who, uh -huh. who would like to know uh, how you formed the Texas Tornadoes, or how you got to be with the Texas Tornadoes. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, I didn't form them. I was just one of the guys that was being formed by uh, the founder of the Texas Tornadoes, was uh, Doug Sum, who uh, passed away in November of last year. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, I did not know no, that. No, we didn't. We're sorry to hear that. In a motel, uh, the Kachina Lodge in uh, Taos, New Mexico. Uh, and uh, uh, we really miss him. Uh, he's the one that, that started the whole thing with the Texas Tornadoes. And uh, while we were together, uh, we made a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, waves in the music industry. It's an eclectic group. Uh, of a lot of freedom uh, in our music. Uh, in other words, we were not the typical kind of group. that We were not like the Statlers or anything like that. We were just crazy, real crazy. Uh, using instruments like the bajo sesto, which is 12-string guitar, and the accordion, and maybe some tom-toms and, and uh, congas or whatever. We would use that in country music, and we just... We did what we wanted, and uh, we certainly were, were not the, the, the run off the mill, you know, not run off the mill, but the, the uh, straight-laced type of uh, uh, group that you would, that you would uh, uh, listen to or that you would look at. Whatever you did, it worked because the people really love it, and they get up and they, they mob the floor when we put those songs on. Right, but right. They really do, and you got an, a Grammy Award in 1990 with the Texas Tornadoes. Uh, yes, it was 1990, uh, and uh, it, 
Well, I think it was well deserved. We, we had uh, our first album was the one that sold the most, and uh, I don't think it sold a million. It hasn't sold a million yet, but it's pretty close. The rest of them were, in other words, it was just a sort of a kind of a cult type of music, uh, but yet commercial somewhat because uh, uh, Flacco had his followers and Freddie Fender had his followers and. Uh, I just can't seem to separate uh, Doc Sam and Augie Myers because they were together with with a Sir Douglas Quintet since the very uh, middle 60s uh, when they came out of Sir Douglas Quintet uh, pretending to be an English group with their little uh, bangs on their hair and looking real Beatles and all that stuff uh, with their little suits on and uh, their little Beatle boots and then uh, coming into the hippie era uh, uh, looking all hippie and, uh, and all that stuff uh, right into 19, uh, uh, what was it, 88, 89 when we got together. Well, you know, the wonderful thing about your career, this is the official show for the North American Country Music Association. Yeah. And uh, we, are, we are geared to keep the country music legends alive, and that's what we do. And you, you've transcended that. You've not only become a country legend, but you keep breaking out all over the country. <laughs> With a, with a whole different style, and in the 90s, you're right back on top again. It, it must be a wonderful thing to be able to reinvent and, and do whatever it takes to be a, a popular star in the United States and the world. I mean, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing you've been doing with your life, and I wonder if you uh, uh, realize how many people enjoy your music being yourself. I imagine that would be tough. I know you get a lot of people calling you and all, but... I think that uh, I'm, I'm aware that, that, uh, that a lot of people like my music, but I don't dwell on it. I don't dwell on it because I'm so, so involved into what I think about my music, you know. But the fact is that maybe my, my uh, not ignorance, but my not thinking of or dwelling on what other people may think about my music uh, keeps me the way I am and just the way that I should be in order to be accepted by the people. Uh, because uh, I, I don't let my emotions uh, be uh, motivated but by what expectations I think that people may have about me. All I, all I do is when they tell me, you know, uh, I love your music, uh, it makes me feel good, you know. But the fact is that, uh, that my, my keeping away from the fact that I, uh, from the fact that the, the people uh, uh, are thinking this or thinking that or expecting this or, or expecting that, my keeping away from that, uh, it, it keeps Freddie Fender together the way, the way that I am and, and probably the way they want me to, whether they know it or not. <laughs> you know, that's amazing. Uh, let's see. Uh, you've been on a Tonight Show. You've been with Johnny Carson. You've been with David Letterman, uh, let's see, for Farm Aid. Douglas. Douglas, that's right. Merv, Merv Griffin. You've been on a Dennis Miller show. Uh, my God, what a career. Tom Brokaw, Dick Clark. Go back to Dick Clark and American yeah. Bandstand. That's right. Dick Clark, Donna Shure, American Bandstand. Remember one night we did it with, uh, with uh, that boxer from there uh, who used to fight Tony Zales all the time, Rocky Graciano. Rocky Graciano, is that right? Yeah, we did a show with him there in Philadelphia. Yes, sir. And uh, I like Philadelphia, don't get me wrong. I like Philadelphia. I just don't like it in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do we. Yeah, I don't understand why. Like any, any cold city in the winter. But what? it's historical and it's, it's nice. I like to go there, you know, for two, three days and and, and, and move on. I, I'm, I'm really a, a water person. I like to live where, I, where I'm at in the Gulf of Mexico. By the Gulf, not in the Gulf, and uh, Corpus Christi, Texas. I was born and raised in this area here, and uh, I guess we all uh, we all love where we come from. But I really like it over here because it's just like Florida, but it's greener. Florida is okay, but it's just a little bit uh, the vegetation is a little bit browner, more rusty. Uh, even the palm trees are a little rougher than the ones we have over here. So I I, I really love it down here. We're about to have a casino uh, ship. Uh, uh, being brought over this month. Is that right? Yeah, so it's going to get good. 
It sounds good. Maybe we'll come down and see you. <laughs> my wife. My yeah. wife hardly wait. When I spoke to your wife last week, she thought I was your brother-in-law. Huh? Your wife thought I was your brother-in-law when I called. She said, I, no, she said, oh, I thought you were my brother-in-law. You sound just like him. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me anyway about Wolfman Jack. I haven't heard anything from him in years. I uh, the Midnight Special. Uh, last time I saw him, it was in Nashville, and he was very a good friend. He was very disillusioned in the kind of reception he was getting in Nashville. Uh, I said, well, uh, uh, Wolfman, you know, to, to a lot of people, you're still the king of, the, of rock. That's right. You know, but he, he could fit in so well to anything that he, that they would give him a little, a little room. He would fit right in there, and that's what he was looking for, and he almost did it. He almost did it, and then he just got disillusioned, and uh, I think he pulled out. And uh, as I understand, he passed away, what, two, three years ago? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, uh -huh. but I loved, I loved him. Oh, he was great. That's why I brought him up. Yes. And uh, the Dukes of Hazzard, the TV show. Yes. How did that come about? Did they call you to uh, do a special spot? How did that work? Well, yes. You know, at that time, I had a, uh, a, a pretty big agency. Well, I was with Jim Halsey agency, and sometimes they, they would land good. I, we had very good, good people working for, uh, for, for Jim Halsey, and uh, they were, all had good connections, you know, in L.A., uh, and they got me a deal there where I'm singing Jambalaya to to beautiful uh, Catherine Bach. Wow. And, 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 I, and they told me, remember, you have to look at her eyes while you sing. <laughs> that wasn't hard to do, was it? God yeah. dog it, I'm going to forget my words. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody, when that show first came on, paid more attention to her. I looked, I looked at her eyes, and uh, <laughs> I didn't forget my words. Uh, after I finished singing, I, I did a thing with Cletus and, uh, uh, and did the show. Uh, she came and told me that, that she was part uh, Hispanic, that her grandmother's last name was Verdugo. I said, well, man, I tell you what, you're a very beautiful lady, and you, you're so white-skinned, I, I never would have guessed it. But then I realized that the Spanish people are white-skinned. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. For the Indians that, they get, that we get brown. Oh, is that right? Yes. Okay. Listen, Johnny Carson show. Tell me a little bit about that. How, when you first met Johnny Carson... No, I, you're going to be surprised. I never met Johnny Carson. I always did the shows when he was off. <laughs> oh, come on, really? Yeah, I'm still a little rebellious. If you would have said, <laughs> if you would have said the wrong thing to me, I would have, I would have, I would have doubled back it to him. And my manager said, I want you to ruin it. Good deal here. So I did one with uh, Bob Cosby. Is that right? Bob Cosby and I. I was smoking at the time, and he's and he. You were doing the program. He said, uh, Freddie, I wish you'd stop smoking. I said, I, I can't. I, I, I'm a smoker. <laughs> so you shouldn't smoke, you know? He's, and, and I said, well, well, I, well I'm, I'm, I like to smoke. He said, well, maybe I should stop you from smoking. I said, well, let's go outside, you know? And, and he started laughing. But, uh, <laughs> but he was needling me. But, and also I did one with uh, that football player, Greg Morton. Yeah. Uh, Roy Clark, Joey Bishop, uh, the guy that came out in match, the first major, the com in commander that died, McKenzie, what was his name? Uh, I'm looking. The major, the one that's got all kinds of tackle around his cap on mesh. Oh, I know who you mean, what the guy was. McKenzie got from Phillips? McKenzie no. something. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, you know, I did a show with, uh, with the guy that came out, uh, Wayne Rogers. Wayne Rogers and 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 that lady from Latin that used to to put her fingers on her cheeks to like she was creating dimples on her. Oh, I know who you mean. Yeah, I can't think of her name though. Yes. So. Uh, Vicky know, Carr, you were you were on. Uh, Sixteen Mark Griffins and about fifteen or twenty uh, Dinah Shores. You know Dinah. How was Dinah Shore? The show and Mark Griffin uh, was a very enjoyable person too. So we had we had a lot a lot of good things going on TV in the seventies mainly. And I know you're going to have a lot more going because your music just won't quit. I mean, it's incredible. You know, right now, man, you know, I've got more work than I ever had in my life. I'm doing mostly casinos and uh, a lot of festivals, mainly in California. 
uh, I, I would have to, to cancel certain jobs in California in order for me to get into the Midwest and all. I still go to Connecticut uh, at the Bohegan Sun in Unicast, Connecticut, and uh, in Delaware. There's a big casino there that I go to. Right in Delaware, uh, in my area, you mean? Right in Harrington. Harrington, yes. Yeah. Okay. When you, when that, most of my bookings are... Or around New Mexico or Mississippi or Louisiana, all casinos, and up into the Midwest, into the casino countries up in uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota and all that, and definitely into California. Well, let us know when you're coming to Delaware. We'll come down and see you. Okay. We'd love to do that. And I got a question I have to ask you. Elvis Presley was a fan of yours, whether you know it or not. Did you ever meet him? No, I never did. I heard a story on... Uh, Somebody that knew him told me that one time he, when he was getting real fat, uh, that, that people would joke about his, his uh, obesity, uh, he came on stage and, and pulled his belly out and said, Hello, everybody, I'm Freddie Fender. <laughs> and, uh, no, he did That can't be true. And then another <laughs> one was that he was uh, 75. He was riding his little uh, eight eight. What do you call those three wheelers around the yard? Trike, a little trike. Yeah, a little three wheeler motorcycles. Uh, uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, go ahead. And he had a tape on, and it was before the next year drop fall tape. And they asked him, Well, who's that guy? He said, I don't know who the sucker is, but he's pretty good. And that's about as close as I can come to Elvis Presley. Other, other than that, he, had, he has always been an inspiration to not only to myself, but all the musicians, that, any musician that's worth his salt from my era, had to copy something from Elvis Presley. We all took a little bit from him. Thank you was, for saying that. He was just a phenomena. And he, you got to give, give credit when credit is due. You know what I mean? I'm not in love with him, but I could never deny him. You know, he just, he was there right in front of you, and, and he made you feel good when he got on stage. Well, that's very nice of you to say that. Well, it's the truth. It's the truth that Chuck Berry's, the Fats Dominoes, I work with Fats Domino, I work with Frankie Avalon, Billy Clinton, you know, and, and, uh, and uh, one, you know, one What about Donna Fargo? Nice. You worked with Donna Fargo too, didn't you? Huh? Donna Fargo also you performed with, didn't you? Did Fargo, you know? But, uh, you know, I mean, you can't compare me or Donna Fargo with an Elvis Presley or somebody like that. Jesus Christ, you know. Uh, the fact is that uh, I, I do like to give my, my dues to, to Elvis Presley, it's an inspiration to many of my songs in the very beginning of my career. And also Ray Charles. I love Ray Charles. You know, a lot of the early rock and rollers are just, they just knock me out. My kind of rock and roll that I do now is, is mostly shuffle type blues that uh, brings about the, the memory of, uh, of uh, musicians like T-Bone Walker and uh, uh, even Little Richard or uh, a little bit of B.B. King all combined into my into my music but it's but it's real music and uh it, i'm not paying tribute to anybody i mean when i do stuff like that i mean it's real and the people uh appreciate that to the point that that you know i can actually go to a uh to a freddie fender concert or festival and i can sing if i can sing somebody did number two on my sombrero they'll like it <laughs> Freddie, uh, I tried to get you on my show about a year ago, and uh, you couldn't make it, and I'll tell you why. You uh -huh. were in Hollywood, you were receiving your award, and you are on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You got a star there. Yes, I, I got a star Walk of Fame on uh, close, close to, uh, well, it's on Hollywood Boulevard in La Brea. And uh, that happened on the twenty. Uh, 4th of February, 1999, and uh, to me, it was a dream come true. I mean, it, when I when I talked to your, uh, uh, what's his name, Kurt, I talked to Kurt, and he's, Kurt Webster, and he said, Billy, he said he can't make your show tonight. He said he's in California. He said he's getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I said, well, God bless him. That's wonderful, wonderful news. It's just wonderful. You know, at, at least, you know, after I'm, I go to the happy bandstand in the sky, uh, there will there will be a memory of Freddie Fender, uh, and hopefully a little information on on maybe some good things that I did do while I was here. And, well, well uh, that that's only one of your many honors. You you've got the Hall of Fame uh, all over the world. You've got a you know, 
Yeah, and in Rotterdam, England, the European Walk of Fame, and uh, oh yes, in Rotterdam, uh, Holland. Yeah, yeah, I was there at first. Before in the U.S., I was already in the in the Walk of Fame in Holland, in uh, in Rotterdam, because I uh, I usually work a lot over there. They put me right next to BB uh, King and uh, Lou Rolf. Right there with all the blues. I can't ask for better company than that. No, they're great. You got a street named after you. Uh huh. Yep, yeah, uh, it's in my hometown. Right, Phoenix. You got a. You're on the Walk of Fame. You have all all the Hall of Fame. We got a, a sheet here that just goes on and on and on with the honors, awards, nominations, uh, yes. television shows, soundtracks, commercials, and. Uh, I have gotten. I think the most interesting award, and I have it over here, was one where they picked me up in Bergen, uh, Norway. I went looking for this for this certain plane water plane, a seaplane, and all sitting there was my guitar and the pilot and me. And we were flying all over the mountains there and landed around a, by a fjord up in northern Norway. And as we go down, I could see a bunch of people there in, the, in a little valley uh, in a concert uh, in a place called uh, Fjord, F-I-O-R-D-E, uh, Norway. Country festival. Can you imagine? These people don't even know how to speak English, and they got a country festival going on, and they had an award for Freddie, a trophy for Freddie Fender, uh, waiting for me <laughs> when I got there after I finished singing. That's amazing. But um, middle of the mountains in northern yeah. Norway. I said, God have mercy. Music transcends many boundaries, many languages, many cultures. Especially country music is, is uh, unbelievable. Yes, it is, and we we are dedicated to keeping traditional country music alive and I know Peggy Frank from the North American Country Music Association she said to say hello to you while I had you on the air because the North American Country Music Association is 100% behind Mr. Freddie Fender as you know well I appreciate that very much and I hope that they'll invite me to go uh, to go and entertain if I can oh well Nashville oh that that would be absolutely marvelous I will mention that to her I will be speaking to her this week okay I will do that. And, Freddie, I'm, I'm going to play one of your songs. Uh, let's see if you recognize it. I'm sure you will. <laughs> you recorded it. Hold on. Oh, my God. Here we go. I'm trying to want the whole enchilada. <laughs> I just wanted to give the people a little bit of your... We just wanted to give the people a little taste of what you've been doing here with the tornadoes. The fact is that that song was the opening soundtrack for the movie Tin Cup. Is that right? Yes, the movie Tin Cup with, uh, what was the name, that guy that came out dance with wolves? Oh, Dances with Wolves. Huh? Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner? Uh, Costner. Is that right? Yeah, he comes out with uh, Ron Johnson, or what's his name? Uh, the one that was married to Ma Melanie Griffith. They're playing golf. Cheech Marine from, uh, from those two guys, crazy guys. Um, it was a good movie with Rene Russo. And that was the opening song for the film, Tin Cup. Well, you see what I mean, Freddie? There's not much we can put our hands on in a studio that Freddie Fender hasn't been involved with. We're talking movies, you're talking talk shows, you're talking different styles of music. Television, you, commercials. Television, commercials. And I think that is why, like you said, when you go to the big bandstand in the sky, your music is going to continue on forever, just like Elvis Presley. I just signed a contract with Cellular phone oh is that right for what Freddie? for commercials oh great you're gonna be on tv you're gonna be what are you gonna be on tv with the uh yeah oh that's great that's fantastic we'll we'll, yeah. we'll be looking forward to that sounds like freddie fender is not slowing down at all no, he's, he he's shifting over to high gear the further further on it appears to be well as long as you enjoy what you're doing the people really love it they appreciate what you're doing i think it's wonderful uh I hope that I never will be able to retire completely. 
uh, I think I can slow down a little bit, but uh, I, I see no life is worth living sitting on your butt. Well, I'll tell you, I got a, a CD that I especially like, the one you did at Gillies. Yeah. And you can tell in your voice, and I think that's what come across, comes across to the people, yeah. you were absolutely enjoying yourself, and that's contagious. Well, that's, all, that's the best thing to do, man. It's just like living your life. You can live your life with a frown, or you can live it with a smile. It's up to you. You know? That's great advice. You know, we're, we're under the false impression that we're going to live forever, and that's not true. We may live for a long time, but you never know. The fact is that, you know, you gotta you got to milk down every day. Just milk it down and get all you can and, and, and make a day, a short day, make it longer. You know, and really enjoy your life. Enjoy your life, and if you're in a negative job, what would you say to somebody in a, a real negative job? What, would you, what advice would you give to someone like that? That, that has a negative job? A real job that they hate. Well, it's, it's obvious. Get out of there. Okay, that's from Freddie Fender. I agree with you. You know, a lot of people get stuck in these jobs. But I don't want you to end up over here in my house. I ain't got nothing for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're a little too far away anyway, Freddie. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, your new uh, album, when it's done, you are going to send a copy to Billy James and Bob Preferry to play up here, aren't you? Yes, I sure will. And I'll tell you what else I would like from you. I would like an autographed picture for the station. Okay. From Freddie Fender to WNJC 1360 AM. Okay, well, listen, you got my web, right? Yes, I do, sir. Okay, well, listen, I don't know. Oh, wait a minute, why don't you uh, mention uh, your web? Mailing or not. But uh, if you do that, uh, my wife, Angie, the secretary, will, will let me know. She'll give me the pictures, I'll sign it, and she'll mail it. Well, we can, we can make, uh, let's put that information. You're talking about your website. It's, it's yeah, real easy for what, the. Uh, my phone number is a fax number, too. Oh, is that right? Yes. You fax, you fax me or Vanjie because I'm usually on the road. Okay. And, and I will, we'll take care of you. Wonderful. Now listen, everybody out there, around the world especially. Anybody working in Philadelphia deserves to be well taken care of. <laughs> especially in the wintertime. <laughs> I don't know what he means by in that. In the wintertime during a blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know how I got here to the station? They closed it down. They sent me out in a four-wheel drive. Uh-huh. Uh, Dodge Ram Charger to go put a show on. I'm not kidding it. Oh, you're kidding, man. Yeah, I was the only one here. But anyway, Freddie Fender's site is www.freddiefender.com. Uh-huh. And for those of you listening around the world, and you will be, I'm sure Freddie would like to have you send him an email. So stop by his site. Again, that's www.freddiefender.com. You got it. It's very easy. And Freddie, I want to thank you so much, sir, for being with us. And uh, I'm looking forward to that new music you're going to send us. That's beautiful. And remember that a man cannot live with enchiladas alone. <laughs> have to have a little guacamole with it. Oh, yeah, we, the song guacamole. We're, we're trying to dig that song out. Guacamole on the side there. Okay. No, listen, thank you very much for taking your time and uh, any time, okay? Well, Freddie, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you go, and we're going to be playing your song guacamole that you had so much fun with. And uh, we've certainly enjoyed here, and we play it. Right. Uh, and good night, and God bless you, sir, from WNJC. Okay. We really appreciate you taking the opportunity to call in and visit with us here and all our listeners all over the South Jersey area. And the and, world. That's right, and the world. It will be on the Internet as soon as we uh, dump it down to there so they'll be able to listen to it there. And we'll send you a parallel copy at the same time for your archives. That would be beautiful. And if you would like your uh, wife, Angie, to link, to the station site so uh, people could hear the interview. Yes. That would be wonderful, too. That way the interview will go on forever. Okay. Good night and God bless you, sir. Well, thank you very much. God bless all of you. Good night, Freddie Fender. Adios, amigo. <laughs> okay. So we went back to the hotel and we wrote a song about avocados and it goes like this.
she reached for money. I said, wait a minute, honey. I believe this one is on me. We got in his pickup. We started to back up. We headed on down the road. We went to Mikasa, tortillas in the masa, and made guacamole all night. Freddie Fender there, live at Gillies. It was our special guest this evening. We had a great time. It was a great interview. He shed a lot of light on a lot of different things for us concerning his music. we got another one right here. This is one of his ballads from 1976 that went to number one. And I just want to say goodnight from Billy James, and thank you all for listening to me and Bob. And we had a great time, and here goes more Freddie. And God bless the North American Country Music Association. Once again, you've been listening to the Billy James Legends Never Die show right here on 1360 Radio out of Washington Township. We're here every Thursday night from 6 to 7. We appreciate you joining us for this Thursday night. We'll see you again next Thursday night. We're lining up a lot of great interviews and artists coming in, so every Thursday night, you got to be here. You don't want to miss a thing. For Billy James, this is Bob Raffari. Thank you, and good night. No, I love you, girl, but I want you to do right. If you would only straighten up have a good life and if you don't believe me oh yes you lose a good thing